You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Every cell in our body is like a battery. It has a positive and a negative flow. Just like a, you know, just a battery. And one side is electric and the other side is magnetic. So that is how we keep the integrity of our cells. Our cells start to shift when our field becomes weakened or our field becomes agitated. That was Dr. Linda Lancaster. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, welcome, and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Today's Marnie on the Move podcast guest is the globally renowned, highly sought-after healer and energy medicine physician, Dr. Linda Lancaster. Her life-changing health and cleansing programs have been offered to her patients and their families for nearly 40 years. Dr. Lancaster's expertise includes Ayurveda, yoga, medical radiesthesia, radionics, subtle energy healing, counseling, nutrition, herbal medicine, and detoxification methods. In 1987, she founded the Light Harmonics Institute, an energy medicine clinic and educational center based in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Dr. Lancaster is a native New Yorker and is often here in New York City seeing patients. In 2019, she published her first book, Harmonic Healing, Restore Your Vital Force for Lifelong Wellness, which I recently read. It has been game-changing and eye-opening for my health and wellness. I sync up with Dr. Lancaster on where her journey into healing, health, and wellness began, the inspiration behind her practice and her new book, Harmonic Healing. We talk about the five principles of harmonic healing, the five key parasites at the root of disease, the invisible forces that we are constantly combating, the value and role of the liver in overall health, her famous nutrition-focused liver cleanses, and detox baths, including the much-talked-about Clorox bath. Dr. Lancaster also touches upon protocols for Lyme disease, COVID-19, seasonal allergies, immune system and psychoimmune system building, and strengthening our electromagnetic fields. I hope you enjoy what you hear. A few quick things off the pod before we get started. Sign up for our newsletter. The link is in our show notes. Share what you love about the show or a specific episode in your Insta stories. Tag us and use our GIF. Also, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Go to the app on your phone or iPad or computer. Scroll through the 120 plus Marnie on the Move episodes. Click on the five stars. Click on write a review and go for it. Tell us what you love and what you're listening to. On another note, if you're on Zwift or Strava, follow me. I'll be leading some rides and group challenges and events in coming weeks. Shout out to my sponsors, Mad Ritual CBD. Today's episode is fueled by Mad Ritual CBD. 
Mad Ritual CBD has changed my recovery game in a really big way. Get ready to recover like a rebel with these awesome, high-quality, CBD-infused products. Their CBD balm is off-the-charts amazing. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Mad Ritual has 100-plus five-star reviews. The balms have five simple organic ingredients, coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, plant wax, CBD, and different blends of essential oils. Personally, I prefer the eucalyptus and peppermint. They also offer a terrific CBD-infused total recovery supplement. Not just for athletes, the products are formulated to ease all of the aches and pains that come along with being an active human. So, if you are sore from life, Mad Ritual gets it. Founded by women athletes and active entrepreneurs, they are committed to helping active folks bring more balance to their lives. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Head over to their website, madritual.com, and use the code Marnie on the Move. Now, on to the episode. You are a world renowned healer, practicing energy medicine and employing a range of modalities from Ayurveda to homeopathy, traditional Chinese medicine. Where did your journey into healing begin? Well, you know, I was sick as a child. I had a, a bit of a fractured childhood. And by the time I was a teenager, I had colitis. So I kind of dropped out and went cross country and read a lot of books. And then I left a really good job, go cross country. And then I came back and I started to work in a health food store. And I had no money. I was, you know, just living on the land, as you would say. And I had really just tried to figure it all out. And I had access to everything in a health food store. So I do love health food stores. And I wound up managing three health food stores on Long Island. You know, it was a group health, group health food store. I also was a um, vegetarian chef at, uh, at the yoga ashram that I helped build in Amityville, New York. <laughs> way back, this is in, in me, uh, way, way, way back uh, in the 70s. And so I... I yeah, I was teaching yoga, working in a health food store, reading every book that you can imagine on every kind of cleanse and what, why, was I, why wasn't I feeling well? Well, meditation helped, but then I realized it was food. And um, so I started healing myself with food. And you still uh, had colitis. I, 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 no, I overcame it. I all came colitis, and um, it would always kind of be constipation back and forth. Uh, and I realized also that I later on, when I met Dr. Parcells, that I had parasites. Right. And so I did the milk cleanse, mm-hmm. and the milk cleanse was amazing. Um, I learned her techniques of, of analyzing, um, and that's how I wound up in New Mexico. Because she was in Albuquerque. And at that time, I would have never, never imagined to go, you know, leave my family and go to Albuquerque to study with her and back and forth for those years. I would have never. However, the universe had something to say. And so, so you went to live in Albuquerque 
I went to study with her. I was still living on Long Island. Mm-hmm. I was living in Babylon. My own gardens. We lived off the land. My, um, we were living, a, you know, a very, very healthy kind of a hippie lifestyle in, the, in that we, we lived very much on the land. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot about cooking. I learned a lot about um, herbs. I studied herbs. I studied homeopathy. And then it was later on when I got qualified for, for all these different modalities. And those were gifts, you know. The, the right person was always in front of me. But it, the journey began because I didn't feel well. And my tendency was to look within. So I found my answers within. I was doing yoga in 1970. I was teaching yoga at that time. So here we are. We're in this healing journey of always ourselves. It's no such thing as you get all healed. It just, it's process. So you learn to live in the process, and you also learn what lifestyle keeps you well. So that's why I decided to write a book about the lifestyle, and which can be applied to almost any condition. It's an adjunct to so many. It's an adjunct to my Lyme patient. It's an adjunct to person has cancer. They, they go to my diet. What was the first modality that you started with? That is such a great question, because I'm going to say the first modality is really nutrition. The, the next modality was homeopathy, because as a young mother, it, I needed to have, some, especially kind of living on the land, I wanted to have something in my hands as medicine. So I started studying homeopathy when my, let me see, in 1970. So first, 71, it was yoga. So we're going to say yoga and Ayurveda and, and nutrition. Then I'm going to say homeopathy. And then things started to expand after that into more energy medicine traditions like TCM. I, I studied in Asia. I studied acupuncture in Asia. I got my degree there. So, and I would journey back and forth to Asia every year, actually, for many years. So I, I've traveled around the world a lot to learn what I felt was the best traditions, acupuncture, post-diagnosis, Ayurveda. I was trained by a, an Ayurvedic doctor in India, how to read pulse. So these were all things that I continue to do. I feel that if we can use everything in our toolkit, kit, then it, you and because right through the whole thing, there's going to be this belief that we're, we're it's one. So it doesn't matter if we use TCM or Ayurveda. There's still a truth in both. It's not either or. You can you can analyze TCM and you can analyze Ayurvedically, and it's the same. So there's a very it, it, it's not something that oh well I'm going to choose this because this doesn't work. I choose what's available to me. Right. So it kind of all works together. It does work together because truth is truth. And these are ancient traditions and one is not better than the other. I say that even in the way we advise people to have different kinds of supplements. There's a tendency to take 
all the different supplements because it works for what they have. But in reality, they need to go gently and take the one thing that they believe in and see how that works. So anything I can say about the kind of the natural holistic health movement, it's people are taking too many things. Right. I think it does get confusing. Yeah. And not counting on the things that work. Yoga, nutrition, meditation, good water, cooking, cooking foods in a healthy way. Those are your, that's your base. And when you work with people, because I know you have a private practice and that's the base of your business with Light Harmonics Institute. Yes. Do you ever talk to people about having an Ayurvedic diet? For sure. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. So if a patient comes in, they present with a rash all over their body. I'm going to tell them they need to eat a pitta pacifying diet because they have to take the fire down. Right. That fire is coming out in the skin. And so, so off the spices, you know, more uh, bland food. Bland does not mean it has to taste bad. People think bland is bad, but bland can also be very good tasting, like a baked potato with some olive oil on it. I mean, there can be simple ways of preparing food and staying off of the pitta aggravating food. And, and I would definitely recommend Ayurvedic diets for different things. When in the winter, for instance, in the winter, I try to avoid too many raw foods. We need that fire to be able to digest those raw foods. If you're a vata person, you can't eat that many fruits, you know, because they're very airy. So you want, you don't want to give them the foods that are growing in the air. Rather, you want to give them roots. So I go on to using Ayurveda, using cleansing foods, understanding what the body wants, and also how to clean the liver. So... Uh, that's why in harmonic healing, I talk a lot about the liver, because no matter what cleanse you do, you eventually will need to clean up the liver. What inspired you to write your book, Harmonic Healing? Uh, yeah, what inspired me to write it is <laughs> I had a friend who said, you have to write a book. You have to write a really good friend of mine, an Upper East Side girl. And she said, Lindy, you have finally all my patients for years and years, you've got to write a book. And I didn't really want to do that at all. And she said, you've got to I, I'm making a, an appointment with an agent for you to speak to the agent. OK, I'll speak to the agent. So he sat down, my agent sat down and he said, well, why don't you want to write a book? Don't you want to leave your legacy? Don't you want to give, leave your footprint here of all this work that you've been doing and helping so many patients? Can you just write a book that's simple enough to be shared and used by, by those that really understand energy and you have an opportunity to talk about energy? Because, I mean, I, I, don't need, I didn't need to write a book to get, to get patients. There, there's a waiting list. I wrote the book so that the people who can't get to see me can feel me in the book. 
So I worked really, really hard to put myself into it and told the most honest stories that I could have told and give my tips from my own kitchen of more than 40 years. So, I mean, my recipes date back to the 70s when I had my own garden. So I wrote it out of the love that I have for humanity. It's an amazing book. I honestly think that what you're talking about is game-changing in terms of all the parasites and the cleanses. What are the five principles of harmonic healing? Because this is how the book really starts. Well, you know, the principles is it's like a progression, really, those principles. We start with the understanding. So it's a progression. First, this is the first, first thing you need to think about. Our body has an innate ability to heal. You know, when we cut ourselves, you see how our body heals that cut. That's our vital force working. That's the subtle energy that we were born with. And that is connected to the spiritual realm. Let's call it the spiritual realm. It's really the ether. There's four levels of ether. And it, we came from ether and onto our mother. And then when we took our first breath, that subtle energy was ours and it was our vital force. So what the second principle is that this subtle energy feels that now we have, we have a subtle energy feels, that's our vital force. It can be strengthened or weakened according to the electromagnetic environment of the cell. Okay, that's a little complicated. So we can either strengthen our electromagnetic field through food. I'm going to just say that right now. Or poor food, we're going to weaken it. But also we are being weakened by invisible forces, weakened by what is affecting our subtle energy. This environment of ourselves are affected by energy fields. So we are living in one of the highest level ever of microwave fields from cell phones. We are living, we're living with all, as you know, we're in front of computers, in front of technologies, electromagnetics. We have an energy field and this energy field is being affected by that. I feel like people can really connect with that concept because it's the example of going to the beach for the day, your phone not working and just being in front of the ocean versus sitting at your desk and having five computers in front of you. Sure. And so these are fields that weaken us. And so it changes the environment at a cell level. Every cell in our body is like a battery. It has a positive and a negative flow, just like a, you know, just a battery. And one side is electric and the other side is magnetic. So that is how we keep the integrity of our cells. Our cells start to shift when our field becomes weakened or our field becomes agitated, agitated by radiation and weakened by GMO, by chemicals in our food, by heavy metals in the air, uh, pollution from traffic. It goes on and on. 
So I'm most concerned about inharmonic healing, about our vital force, because that our vital force is what strengthens us. It's what balances us. It's what allows our body to innately heal because the body goes through healing all the time. It, that's what it wants to do. That's why you get symptoms <laughs> is because of that. And then, so when the environment of this cells is weak, parasites can take over and become the root cause of disease. So now we have parasites living on us. It's okay if the, it, it's, you know, we talk a lot about biome and everybody needs to live together. The bacteria is right, the, the microbiome. And the, yeah. the microbiome. That's the way it should be in balance, electromagnetically speaking. But when something comes out of balance, when you go get an overabundance of fungus or an overabundance of worms or a heavy load of spirochetes in the blood from lines. And so you talk about there are five parasites that we should be yes. bringing an awareness to as we look to be proactive for our health. What are they? Okay. So I put it in five category because okay. I just love the number five. As you know, it's the five elements. Yes. Everything is five. Everything's five for me. Yes. Because when I treat parasites, I connect it to the five elements that they represent for me. Because if there's worms, which is one of the parasites, right. one category is worms, and worms is connected to the earth element. Okay, so that tells me we need to clean up the bowels. We need to clean up the earth. The earth of our body. Yeah, the earth of our body. We've got worms taking over and eating our food. I can't give that visual there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm already on board with the parasite cleanse, every single one of them. Yeah. So, so anyway, earthworms, yes. The worms, yeah, which which the milk cleanse does brilliant on the, the worms. I mean, you know, I think I think we figured that one out pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> and the milk cleanse is in your book. And yes. So we have the earth element, then we have the water element. And the water element, as you may imagine is connected to fungus. It's the swampiness that we find in uh, when we take a pulse in Chinese medicine. It's, it's, it's yeast, it's fungus, it's mold. And it is connected to the water element. And a lot of emotions are around this because it's water. So how we heal from candida is dealing with your emotions as well as doing the diet. Okay. Then we go to bacteria, which is the fire element. Makes sense. You know, when you have a strap or a staff, you're, what happens? <laughs> you, you, you run a fever. You're in, you've got your fire up. So then again, once we, we deal with bacteria, I usually use homeopathy and would tell the patient, do a pit pacifying diet, but do a liver cleansing one. So do a liver cleansing diet, but without the spice. Right. You can have herbs, fresh herbs like cilantro or basil, parsley. You can have other herbs that will allow the food to feel like you're having, 
you know, I don't like the fact that we called it liver cleansing diet is just terrible for me because I don't really believe in diet. But that, you know, the publisher said, no, you have to be in the, okay, I'll do it. But for the most part, the program in my kitchen is the way I eat, period. Right. It's not a diet. It's like a lifestyle. No, it's not. Don't expect to do it for six weeks and go back to your junk food. It doesn't right. work that way. This is a lifestyle. Yes. So we have fire. Then we have the air element. And this is, if you look it up, what I'm saying now, it will be told that it's not true. And so there's controversy on it. Love it. But it is the way I look at it, okay? I found that the microscopic parasites were different than the worms, but not different in their behavior. So little amoebas, little flukes, little spirochetes, they were, you know, activated by milk. So therefore, I put the milk cleanse onto my microscopic parasite people and they got well. So we'll we'll go into the the milk cleanse in in just a bit. Uh Uh-huh. So the air element, you take a microscopic parasite like the spirochete and it's part of the air element. And that's probably why we realize that oxygen helps with Lyme's patients. So between the vitamin C and the ozone treatments, actually a treatment that can be used. I'm going to talk about Lyme's here just for a minute. You know, we're New Yorkers and uh, we know how it's devastated. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I'm not even, my partner is now anti-Hamptons because... I just want to go out there and swim, but she won't even, she doesn't want to go out there because she got bit by a tick last summer and it, I know she doesn't have Lyme, thank God, but she got something and yeah. So go ahead. Talk about Lyme. (laughs) Well, you never know if she got Lyme's or not because the tests are not that great. Yes. We have not perfected it. Yes. So in the case of Lyme's, let's go to the beginning. What happened first? What happened first is she got bit by a tick. Okay. Take Ledum, L-E-D-U-M, right away. That's for puncture wounds to the skin. Now, the tick will have put spirochetes in the blood. Once the spirochetes start living in your bloodstream, then bacteria is going to come, and that will be co-infections. The standard treatment is to give antibiotics for lines right and then what we have is a load of candida from the antibiotics so now we don't have a simple okay let's just get rid of the spirochetes i can't tell you how many times i've just where i i i have patients for 30 years 40 years and so they just call me dr linda i i just got bit by a tick okay go on the milk cleanse it, you know, we'll see what we need if we need to do anything after. And then those post Lyme's treatments can work because there may be some leftover bacteria. Then the antibiotic, I'm telling you, does not yeah. kill the spirochete. What does it spirochete- do? What does it do for people? Because everybody will take Daxi, you mean? Yeah. Uh, what it does is it, it, it deals with the infection, the bacterial infection, because of what's going on in the blood. Yes, there is a reason for it, and I totally get it. Right. But I think the side effects, long-term side effects of antibiotics is not healthy. No. 
Not at all. And that's my problem with it. Yeah, I would agree with you based on all of the information I've learned in the past several years. And I mean, I feel like it's a fact, but you know, some people think differently. So I do think there's a time and a place for everything. That I agree. What we are going to do is to go to the fifth element, which is ether. And ether is the energy that came into the vital force. And guess what it is connected to? Virus. The way we deal with virus is I use herbs, I use diet, and I use teaching the person how to believe in themselves and trust their own immune system. So if you can build the will of a person that will will overcome the virus. We see it in herpes, we see it in EBV, and I have seen it in COVID. Wow. Yeah, but and because I think virus is a spiritual fight. I know this is a ferocious virus. I know what, what where it attacks. But I'm telling you, that's not the direction we should be thinking. We should be... Th- thinking about strengthening our own vital force and knowing that we have the will to overcome. Yeah. And is it the same with limes or you think it's different? It's Well, remember, the limes comes from the air. Ether is the energy field, the energetic double of our physical body. It is where our endocrine system it comes in through the chakras of the endocrine system and so we have our energy field and 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 their vortexes through our spinal column so ether is our most subtle of of the five elements so the earth has an, an etheric field we have an etheric field that's actually what how we can do long distance healing that's it i think that's just so incredible well if we believe we're one Not that we have it, that we can do long-distance healing, that there's energetic healing on the phone. Yes. So we start with ether because that's the first. Right. Okay. Actually. Because the ether is the subtle energy that feeds into into the air. And then the air feeds the fire. And then the fire and then and then the water. And then we have earth. So there's a progression here. And so what so we have ether. Air, fire, water, earth. And so that would be virus, microscopic parasites. I don't want to exclude, it's not just virochetes. There's many, many microscopic parasites. And then bacteria, Mm -hmm. fungus, and worms. That's my categories. And there are many kinds of, that's all from my silly imagination. But (laughs) it makes sense. So it's not that silly. I can't listen. I speak to biophysicists. I speak to integrative medicine doctors. They all said, wow, that's interesting. (laughs) And I've been using that method of finding my way through all these years of treating patients with the knowledge that I've gained. So talk to me about some of the different protocols that you have for people to shape up their health and combat whether it's a parasite or, you know, a parasite or it's parasites, it's viruses, it's fungus, it's bacteria, it's it's all the things, the 
Well, for the microscopic parasites and the worms, if you know you have that, and there's lots of lists of symptoms that you might want to look at if you do, the milk cleanse really works very well. There is a candida protocol that if people have been on antibiotics for, you know, for almost any given amount of time, it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Some people are so sensitive if they get one round of antibiotics, they just get loaded up with with yeast and candida. So there's the protocol of the diet is here with some suggestions of herbs to use. Right. But the thing about that, it's not a six-week program. Candida will not clear in six weeks. It takes time. But through all the protocols, you need to go to the liver because the liver we, we have to finish off with our metabolism. It's metaboli- metabolizing proteins, carbohydrates, uh, fats, and, and stores vitamin and nutrients. So that, that liver really needs to be working well if we're going to be mentally well and emotionally well. Talk to me a little bit about the liver and the role that it plays in everything and how important it is to maintain in maintaining optimal health. Well, the liver metabolizes. It's a factory. It metabolizes proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So we need our liver to process that in order for us to metabolize our food, period. So what's interfering with what we need to ask is what's interfering with the liver. Why isn't it just doing that? Well, the reason why it's not doing that is because it's heavy metals built up, chemicals built up, because not only does the liver process the foods that we're eating, but also any chemicals that we're ingesting. It's a filter. So it's a metabolizer and it's a filter. If chemicals get built up or sometimes you get a fatty liver because, again, it's not processing the fat. We have a factory. The liver is where our fire is. However, here's the thing that I focus on because starting in yoga, understanding the importance of our spiritual life and understanding that in order for us to grow, our work in our body, everything has to be working in our body as well. You cannot just sit down and meditate and think that you're only going to be spiritual. We need to clean this up. We're living in pollution. So the pollution gets caught in the liver and we need periods of time to clean that out. Besides the chemicals and the pollution, It also has to process our emotional thoughts and our emotions and our thoughts. So it's a subtle part of the liver that I'm most curious about to open up because when they clean the liver, and it's really not that difficult to clean the liver, you just pay attention to your food and your mind because the liver is connected to the mental field in subtle anatomy. So our kidneys is more emotions, but our liver is connected to our mental will. So when we have a congested liver, whether it's poor food, wrong fats, fried foods, junk foods, too much combinations of foods, 
Don't get me started with gluten-free breads and all of that. I'm going to get you started later. <laughs> We're coming back to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, the, the simpler, the better. I say to people, get on a good diet because we're not just trying this out and seeing if it works. This is what you need to clear your liver on a regular basis. There's a strict version, there's a modified version, and there's a maintenance version. So there, that is the program that I recommend of how to eat for people of how to eat. Increase, I'm forward vegetable. I love to include lots of vegetables. And when we're cleansing the liver, we need to eliminate breads, cookies, pastries, crackers, pretzels, we, Back I, to the gluten. Think, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, even gluten-free product. I'm not, I don't, that's not my concern here. Yeah. My concern is that the bread and the cookies and the pastries will interfere with the cleansing process of the liver. We are cleaning the liver with protein and vegetables and fruits. You also offer suggestions on how to do this in your book. And since we're, we're talking about food, you also yeah. talk about the electromagnetic energy that food has and organic versus biodynamic True. and eating local and all this kind of flows back to the liver, I would imagine. Yes. Well, first, we start out with basically looking at the food you're eating. So you automatically take pro all processed foods out of your diet. You make sure that you can get organic. And if you can't get organic, cleanse the food. You can cleanse it. It's in the book, Cleansing Your Vegetables of Heavy Metals. We won't get into all of that right now. Yeah, most of us are getting organic food, finally. When I started back in the day, you could barely get organic food. And we really did have to grow our own because the quality of the food was so bad. So let's talk about quality of food, and that's what you were referring to about organic and so forth. The reason why it's so important to have organic food is that if there's chemicals on the food, the energy field of the vegetable will be a very low vitality. So that is going to take our energy field down. An apple grown in, you know, in a in an orchard that's sprayed with arsenic is going to have arsenic in it. An apple that is or organic without arsenic, they may look the same, but I can assure you, energetically, it is not the same. Right. One is life giving, and the other one is life taking. Now, in saying that. We are looking at this food that has a negative energy flow. And we're looking for a positive energy flow. Right? Right. And so if you take your hands, so you know this apple is not organic. You take your hands and you, and you bless that apple with an real intention and not just think it's a silly game. You can change the energy of the apple, not as high as the organic apple, but at least it will digest better. It won't pull the energy down right. because you've sh shifted the negative energy. Right. So, you know, what I tried to do is, is write a book that 
everybody can, your next door neighbor can read and say, oh, that's interesting. But really the work will be in the next book about energy. I know a lot about food and energy and just from personal experience and eating local and biodynamic yes. farming and eating organic yes. and understanding yes. like your intention and awareness around food. It's, it's really, really so important. It really is game changing. It changes the food of how it's grown, who grew it, yep. what they're putting on it, how we're cooking it in the kitchen. Right. Which you also, interesting, so interesting. You talk about olive oil in your book and not to heat it up or cook with it, which I didn't know. So talk to me a little bit about that because I thought that was very, very interesting. So did you agree with it? And have you been? I completely agree with this. One of the things I've learned over the years is not to cook with extra virgin olive oil, but I sometimes use it when. I'm roasting vegetables. I also often use coconut oil for cooking. What is the philosophy behind not using olive oil to cook? Well, uh, you know, when we're cleaning the liver and we're actually doing a liver cleansing program. Right. Do not use any oils to cook with, you know, because you're cleaning the liver. Now, once we start going more modified, you can use a little coconut oil. I, I think people are using too much coconut oil by mm -hmm. putting it in their coffee. And, and it's just too much. And it's a very heavy oil. Right. And that I see problems in circulation with too much heavy oil. You can use grapeseed oil if you want to use for cooking. You can use ghee, clarified butter. Right can be used, especially when we're making Indian and Asian food. I mean, it, the ghee works the best, really. Right. Yeah. And you can use chicken broth to stir fry with. Yeah. I mean, there's just, or chicken fat. You can do all sorts of fun ways of getting, you know, cooking your food. If you're going to use olive oil in heating and you're not on a liver cleansing program, I will put a little olive oil in a, in a, in like a Le Creuset, put it on low, put my garlic in, but it will net, it will just warm up nice and slowly. And once you, as soon as you start to smell it, mm -hmm. then you can add your food. So it's being more careful with the high heat in olive oil. Right. So if you're going to use high heat on, if you're going to roast your vegetables mm -hmm. and you're using a little olive oil, mm -hmm. don't put it at 400 degrees. Okay. 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 Put it, like lower your temperature, slow yourself down and enjoy the process really. Right. I mean, my best time of the day is cooking dinner and that's after, you know, usually a 10 hour day. Right. I mean, I'm sure, and you're on all day talking to people, so I'm sure you really... I am. Yeah. Not to get away from food. You have so many recipes in your book, and I'm sure we could have an entire conversation around food. Fun recipes. Fun recipes. Yeah, fun yeah. recipes. Yeah, and it's always great, especially now everyone is home cooking. I mean, people are starting to go out, but a lot of people have been at home cooking. I know we have been cooking my specialty is lunch. So I will, you know, if there's spinach or arugula in the fridge, I will whip up something with beets, spinach, arugula, and anything that's like in the fridge. Like I'm very good at doing salads when it, 
That's my nice. forte. So everyone is here working in our house and I'll just like walk in with like a beet salad with apples and we do eat dairy. So maybe there'll be some cheese. Not for me. I'm not I'm not eating dairy as much, but um we eat a lot of vegetables. The new terminology, Marnie. Yes. Vegetable forward. What's your diet? Vegetable forward. Plant focused, <laughs> vegetable forward. Also in your book you talk about detox baths. Yes. I also am going to start integrating into my wellness routine because I think they are so, it is so interesting, all of them that you have mentioned. So talk to me a little bit about those. Okay. So I talked about the invisible forces that we're being affected by, which is heavy metals, chemicals, radiation, correct? Yes. So radiation, radiation is everywhere. I recommend a sea salt and baking soda bath for radiation, and I recommend it across the board to anybody who can get in a tub. So you take a pound of sea salt, a pound of baking soda, put it in the tub and soak in the tub for 20 minutes. Okay. In that process, salt and baking soda are alkaline. Mm -hmm. The radiation is very acid coming in, very acid, very high energy fields, radioactive fields. It's very high energy. It agitates our cells. We don't even know it. It agitates our cells. We don't even know it. It's breaking down our immune system. So when we neutralize by using an alkaline substance, we now change the energy field of our, our body. So the neutralization of radiation is with alkalinity from the kitchen. You know, it's something that most of us have in our house. Right. And should always have in our house. And then we have heavy metals, such as aluminum, such as GMOs. All of that is needs to be neutralized because it's pulling our magnetic field down. It's really interfering with the flow of energy, with our flow of energy. I, I know this has been in the news a little bit lately, mm-hmm. but, but I recommend Clorox baths. Okay. A half a cup of Clorox or, you know, non-additive household bleach. That's right, it's bleach. And you put a half a cup into the tub of water. Now, people don't realize that bleach is actually oxygen. It's partly oxygen. It's an oxygenating substance. That's why it bleaches. Okay, that's why things turn white, mm-hmm. is because, because of the bleach. And that's oxidizing. So the Clorox bath will bring oxygen to our system. And now does it affect your skin or anything like that? Or it's okay? It's not that much Clorox. No, it's not. It's a half a cup in a tub of water. The Mayo Clinic recommends Clorox bleach baths to people who have psoriasis and eczema. Interesting. I definitely would do that. I, I did read about it. I think when people aren't used to something, it doesn't feel like they they haven't heard it in their realm, in their world. It's, it becomes controversial. And I think for sure, until you try something, you really don't know. Yeah. So the Clorox or the bleach is really salt water, which has been oxidized or oxygenated. So when we're taking a bleach bath, we're taking an oxygen bath. 
when we're taking the sea salt and baking soda bath, we're taking the salt bath. They both work differently. So the Clorox or the, the, the bleach has a very, very high corrosive energy field. We're talking now on the energy level. And with these metals that are on our system is all the, mag the magnetic fields of our cells are going down because we have so many heavy metals. Well, you get into that oxygenating homeopathic bleach bath and it actually starts to neutralize the heavy metals that you have in your body. So all at once, no. Right. I was just going to ask you. Routinely, routinely doing your Clorox bath once a week, salt and soda bath once a week. And if you have time, a vinegar bath, because the apple cider vinegar baths are wonderful for general detoxifying. I use apple cider vinegar for everything. Just <laughs> bug bites. A wonderful substance. Yeah, I drink so, it. Like it's, yeah. I love teaching people the baths because anybody can do it and it's not an expensive treatment. Right. I do think that baths are really game changers, even just taking a bath in hot water. So to start there, I mean, I think to add that to your exactly. wellness routine is great. And you also talk about dry brushing, which is another great detoxification for your body. I'm glad you brought that up. Not many people do bring that up. Yes, because with a dry brush, we can move our lymph system. So if we dry brush before we get into the bath or even into the shower, you're moving the lymph system. That dry brushing is, and you know, we have a, a venous circulation. We have an arterial circulation, and then we have a lymph system. Though that's the way the blood flows, okay? So the heart is working with the venous and arterial, and the lymph system has little lymph nodes. There's no circulation really there, but little lymph nodes. And unless those lymph nodes get opened, you'll get a congested lymphatic system. Right. So how do we move the lymph system? You can physically move it. Ladies, it's great for cellulite on your legs. Just keep moving the lymph yeah. with the brush. Dry brush before you go into the bath. You can do that. You can do certain exercises. Swimming is extremely good for the lymph system. Jumping all up and down, you know, on a trampoline or jump rope or even dancing. The lymph nodes have to like open their gates. Right. So they have to physically be opened. It's not, it's not an automatic thing if they need to be physically opened. The way we do that is the way we move our body. And, and there are some herbs, there are some herbs, and there are homeopathics as well. But dry brushing is simple to do and it feels good. And you can get a dry brush online anywhere. Like they just you can go to Amazon, you like, and they're not even hardware store. Yeah, they're not even expensive. It's great. I mean, I, these are three things that have been on my radar that I really want to start doing. So, oh, great. yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's just easy to do, right? It's like, you just have to get in the habit you know, everyone's trying to kind of boost their immune system, right? We've got this. Well, let's get our immune systems back before we just boost it. Yes, this is a good point. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. people need to build their immune system or get their immune system back, which is 
all these things. Well, connect with it too. Connect with it. Now, a lot of the fear that's going on these days is bringing the immune system down. Right. Because I call the immune system the psychoimmune system. I didn't say that in the book. I didn't talk on immune system. But it's the psychoimmune system that we're looking at now. And what does that mean? What that means is that our attitude, our trust in the universe, our trust in ourselves, the practices of gratefulness, the practices of mindfulness, of meditation, these doing yoga... Um, or doing dance or doing some kind of movement. These are all necessary to keep our psychoimmune system working. When you say psychoimmune system, I feel like sounds to me like cortisol levels, right? So, I mean, all the things you just mentioned, movement, affect your stress. And it is true that a lot of people, and even in, in New York City right now, I've been in New York since March, and my energy has changed. Like I've gone into like, I've felt my adrenals. I felt my cortisol like go up. Mm. I feel it. I feel New York is very mm. stressful. And I went to visit a beach outside the city. Like I went to Long Beach the other day. And it's like a different world. New York City is intense right now. I know. I really know. Yeah. Yes. It's so sad. So, so sad. But we'll come back. We'll come back. Oh, New Yorkers. We will come back. Yes, I will be back. You'll be back. Since we're talking about COVID and our immune system. Yes. What are some things that besides movement and all the the detox bath and everything else that we've talked about, is there something that we could be doing? Well, oxygen is really important. You have to keep your oxygen levels up. This is important. So make sure you're doing breathing exercises. Like pranayama. Uh, Pranayama, even alternate nostril breathing. Okay. You know, simple, simple, simple breathing. And you can, anyone can find that online. I I have a a breathing technique that I write about in the book. Right. That's an Um, easy one. I like the one that you talk about in the book. Yeah. And then food, yes. And if we know the virus is in the air and it's, coming up, then I would definitely use some herbal immune formulas. What we did is we made one, you know, we made one mixture of a few herbs that we like. Mm -hmm. One of them was andrographis because it's a real bitter herb. And we've gotten very good results with that. Oxygenation, make sure your vitamin C is high. Vitamin C will oxygenate. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want your zinc. If you know you're low in zinc, and you can even get the zinc lozenges. They, they're very helpful. You know, immune system, B-complex is important mm-hmm. because everybody's so stressed now. Bees mm-hmm. are really important. Yeah. And a, a lot of, some people don't digest bees very well or, they, you know, they're taking too high of a potency probably because you want to get a bee from food source. Right. So if you're going to get supplemental bees, make sure it's a food source bee because it's more bioavailable. But other than that, you want to eat your whole grain. You don't want to eat any bleached flour. You're going to find that in in the mainstream in cookies, cakes, desserts. Right. So you've got to get off of that. And sugar. And sugar. Yes, sugar. Naughty sugar. (laughs) Natural sugars are okay, but naughty sugar. 
you know, because debilitating. We have so much insulin resistance now. So many people with diabetes. The sugar is a big problem. Right. We've covered Lyme. We've covered COVID and talked immune system. But right now it's summer and many people are simply suffering from allergies. What are some of your protocols for people who have allergies? And I know that it's very individual and different for everyone, but maybe there's some general recommendations that you could make. <laughs> you know, uh, if it's seasonal allergies, I really like Allergena's mixture for the New York area. Mm-hmm. They're homeopathic drops, and you take a few drops in the morning, a few drops at night. And they're the homeopathic preparations of all the flora and fauna, and all of the trees, the leaves. And it's in this little bottle. And so you start to uh, neutralize it from yourself. It, it works very well. Is it Boron or is it a different brand? No, it, it, the name of it is Allergena. Okay. Just look it up. Okay. I Allergena. I think the health food store has it. I'm mm-hmm. sure Whole Foods has it. But you can get it online. And I, I really do recommend that if you and they have um uh allergies for cats and dogs too if that's an issue mm-hmm. that and they work but from my from my protocol what how i look at it is if the person has seasonal allergies i tell them to take the allergena and then i i start to look at why their immune system is actually overworking what's triggering everything Okay, so sometimes I see it's constitutionally and I have to give a homeopathic remedy. Sometimes it's horrible diet and we just have to clean up the diet. Right. You know, and but for the most part, there are people who are tendency to allergies. And in if it's seasonal and it's only for a short amount of time, we can use the allergena. Otherwise, allium sepa, which is a homeopathic remedy, it's onion it's the homeopathic preparation of onion because what happens when you're peeling an onion you you cry right right or you're cutting an onion you, you you're you know you, you have all sorts of sinus issues and so homeopathy works on that principle of likes cure likes if it can produce the symptom it can clear it and so we use homeopathy in that way uh, so seasonal allergies i use allium sepa i use nat muir nat muir you need to in homeopathy when we're looking at allergies or we're looking at any symptom or any dis-ease we have to look at what the exact symptoms are because saying seasonal allergy i don't know whether you have runny, runny nose itchy eyes cough right congestion so is it stuck in the throat? Is it stuck in the lungs? So I would have to take the case. <laughs> it's very specific to the person. But yeah. I was just thinking, like, you know, people talk about propolis and bee pollen and, you know, having honey. Yeah, quercetin, honey, very nice. I like I like a propolis spray for the throat. These are all helping with the symptoms. When I have a patient in front of me, I want to know why. Right. So, but there's so many, so many allergy formulas on the, on the market. And I like to keep it as simple as possible. And if you're in an allergy, you want to take the histamine, the high histamine foods down. Right. 
So, and you know what they are, right? Yeah, red wine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not food. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are the high uh, histamine foods? Well, the fermented foods, anything fermented, everything needs to kind of be fresh. Okay. Because histamines start to build once the food is older, as well as like Roquefort cheese and yogurt. So dairy. Kefir. Yeah. Not only not only the dairy, not really the dairy. It's the fermentation. Okay. That's interesting. And so, uh, because even on those cases, sometimes I'll allow fresh mozzarella. Right. Uh, but tomatoes are high histamine. Spinach is high histamine. Be careful. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Interesting. Yeah. And it's also, uh, it's on a pitch pacifying diet to not eat spinach. So what could you eat that has this similar nutritional value? Because that's why I love, I mean, I eat spinach for all the right reasons. Yeah. And I would not advise eating uh, spinach all the time. Okay. Or like every day. Really? Okay. No, I wouldn't. Because it's very high in uh, oxalic acid. So that's like another story. You don't want to eat so much of the spinach that you have that problem on top of the other problems. Right. I mean, it's my it's yeah. my go to green. Well, I also like kale. I like arugula. Not raw. No, not raw. I don't eat raw kale. So for greens, there's all the different lettuces. Okay, romaine, bib, Boston, any kind of chicory, like you know, or dandelion, right? Uh, or like you say, arugula, or frisée, or escarole. I love escarole salads, but that's more in the in the fall. Yeah. Now we're looking at the Boston. We're looking at the soft lettuces, the black-seeded Simpson. We're looking at, let's see, what else? Baby leaves, you know, little baby greens. Try to eat local. I try to eat local and organic yeah, but and seasonally. So I'll go to the farmer's market, but I haven't gone since we've all been quarantine I'm really like trying to stay away from people but I do Mm -hmm. miss it because normally I would go and just see what they have and then I would have variety and options and um, that's a great idea yeah that's exactly what I do but spinach is really not this right now because it's too hot for the spinach to grow well right so I'm getting it from like weird places around the world probably I have to look it says organic but who knows of course (laughs) Yeah, and not to eat it every day, every day. Yeah, that's that's what I would recommend. And what about not beets? To do that. I I like beets a lot. Yeah, I like to cook the beet greens. Mm-hmm. Beet greens are great. Yeah, you would love um you know, and and beets are great for cleaning the liver. I I have a whole section on beets. Okay, now how to cook them. You would love my passato di vodora soup. It's my green soup. And what's in it? Swiss chard, kale. There is some spinach in it. And also, what what else do I put in there? A dandelion. Ooh, that sounds great. And it's really a good soup for cleansing the liver. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely planning to do the liver cleanse. Um, I'm happy about I that. I have to think about how I, you know, I don't, I can't eat allium I don't know why. Oh, you already know that. I worked with a nutritionist a couple years ago, and I basically was, like, sick all the time. I had a stomach ache. My, all of my 30s, probably my whole life, I didn't even know. And I really, my diet was, like, very different. And then she did the food elimination diet with me, 
and did a whole liver. We did a liver detox, some form of one, right? Not yours, but I ate a lot of greens for a few days. And I think that really changed, like my skin changed, my energy changed. I really was not eating healthy and I've not been sick again. Knock on wood. I just you've stuck to the vegetables. Yeah, I've I've stuck to my diet mm-hmm. of like not yeah. eating allium, not I don't eat dairy from cows. I don't eat nightshades, although a friend of mine who's a biodynamic farmer said that she thought I could eat her tomatoes cuz they're it's different. <laughs> you know what? If you have yeah, take the seeds out and you'll be fine. As someone who's a homeopathic doctor, is there like a homeopathic toolkit that you know maybe like just a regular person should have like just to if they believe in homeopathy and they Mm -hmm. don't already know this is there some kind of like homeopathic first aid kit that people should have on hand definitely and then maybe one for athletes separate definitely yeah I mean you can look online I would definitely get a homeopathic first aid kit. I think Washington Homeopathic Pharmacy sells a first aid kit. I know that Dana Ullman, you go to homeopathy.com and you can get a lot of information there. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And then is there is there one that you might recommend for athletes like Arnica, Bromelain, Cordyceps like you might recommend like every athlete should have and I know well there's definitely a we can put together a, a momentarily yeah. a, a uh, homeopathic kit for athletes number one remedy is arnica but I would get an arnica in a 30c and also if possible an arnica 1m because I find that the higher potencies are needed these days so and that should be take the the 30c should be used after a workout especially a strong workout or after a game or after if there's any bruising if there's any aches or pains arnica is the remedy there's also i like to recommend tramiel i have have heard of that tramiel tablets have a mixture of homeopathic remedies and and it's it's really, really good for any kind of injury. Now, let's face it: if you're if you're doing workouts and you're you know pushing the weights around, you're slightly injuring your muscles. Right. I mean, let's just call it injury. Right. Because you, as you're strengthening, because it's changing. So I would definitely use Arnica after any workout, and then or Tramiel tablets. And you want to get the Tramiel cream to have on hand. Right. For, it has helped me in the past. Tramiel is amazing. Yeah. yeah. For muscle aches, for back aches, for it just works. It really works. So that's for the sports uh, deal. Now, if you get a real injury where you tear muscles or you uh, uh, rupture things, then there's a bunch of homeopathic remedies including rust tox, root of grave when the when the muscle pulls off the bone a little bit we have to give those remedies when we know the injury strained muscles rust tox really really works well and good to have on hand is ruda you know you mentioned what did you mention bromelain? you mentioned cordyceps bromelain which is an anti-inflammatory which is not homeopathic that is a supplementation okay yeah 
So, but bromelain is really good. But I'll tell you, the tramiel is really good for for inflammatory for inflammations. Also, I use tramiel for when there's lots of inflammation, even the kind of inflammation you have with limes. Really? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, because it takes a while to take that inflammation down. Right. You'll be able to clear the culprit out, but then you have to take the inflammation down and take the agitation down and take the worry down that now they have lines. Right. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a Well, because I also think that like a lot of athletes will be, you know, doing trail running or hiking or out in the woods and then they could get bit by a tick. And lead them. Leadum is your remedy for any bites, mosquito bites, noceums, ticks, whatever bite, spider bites. You need leadum. You can just take it. L-E-D-U-M 30C. But read a little first aid book because, you know, all of this information is just very readily available. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Not when I started. Not, Not when, when you when started. I started. No. I was the weirdo with the little white pills down the block. Right, right. And what are the health and exercise and wellness routines that fuel you for success? Because we've been talking about all the work you do to help other people. But what what do you do for yourself? Well, I have a morning routine. And my morning routine is I first do some stretches. And actually, my stretches are in the book. I do a little morning program where I pull my knees up and I, I kind of roll back and forth, wake up your body. I do sort of a version of yoga stretches and downward dog and cobra and sun salutation. I will do that in the morning when I get, when I get up. Then after I, right after, not later, but right after I get out of bed because I want to wake up my body physically. And then, you know, so I brush, take my shower, whatever, and then I'll meditate. And I usually do a bit of a breathing meditation and a contemplative prayer meditation. And then I'll always do the four directions, Mm -hmm. you know, honor the four directions and what they represent. And then I'll make breakfast. <laughs> then I go to work. And are you, I know you're an avid hiker as well. I read that somewhere that you yes. love hiking. Yes, I am. So, okay, so I go to work. I make sure I get up, walk around my desk a few times. I, have a, I walk in my garden, just keep moving. And then I try to get off work earlier, and I'll either hike or I'll go to the gym. And in the gym, I do very simple. I'm, I, it's so simple. I'll do 20 minutes on the elliptical up and down. I, I like to go really high and then low and up and down, not one level. Okay. And, and then I do rowing. You know, I like rowing. Helps my arms and my whole body workout. I do that for about maybe 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And then I'll do another 10, 15 minutes on the treadmill, but uphill. All yeah. the way up, you know, I'll bring it all the way up and climb because I'm a hiker. Uh, so then I'm ready to hike. And living and in Santa Fe. I, <laughs> yes, very easy. And and also swim. I love to swim. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I do. I do swim and dance. If I had, didn't get to the gym, I put music on and dance in my living room for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour. I'll put salsa music on. I'll put uh, waves, you know, five rhythms on and move my body. That's amazing and fun, I'm sure. And then food. And then I take care of the food. Super, super, super food and drink water and yeah. This has been so great. I have learned so much from reading your book and just like dialing into everything that you're about. So now you have, you started your, the um, Light Harmonics Institute in 1987. And yes. this is, is this your practice? This is your business before you launched the book. You also teach classes? I started practicing in 1981. Okay. And then I, and then I, uh, then I started my business, Light Harmonics. Um, it's an institute, and yes, we teach. We have students who have graduated from Light Harmonics and practice similar to how I practice. And it's my business, and we, we, we yeah, I wrote the book last year. Right. <laughs> so I've been practicing for almost 40 years. Amazing. So people yeah. can buy your book online. They can learn yes. all about Dr. Linda Lancaster and the Light Harmonics Institute and all of the amazing philosophies that you are imparting uh, upon your patients and the world, the information that you want to get out there. And then thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 